Let's sing in. Okay. Dun 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 dun. Broads are back. Bum bum bum. Bum 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 Broads. That's the new. We're replacing the music with just you and me making songs. Yep. And then thrown in broads and places. Yeah. Moxie. Yeah. A little air guitar. Hello, everybody. <laughs> Hi, everyone. Guess what? This is that broad scout moxie. No, you're supposed to say, <laughs> oh, the broads are back. That's right. <laughs> Jesus. I, I wrote that down and specifically was like, don't put that anywhere. That's Keeks. She needs to, she needs to be able to say it. She came up with it. Okay. All right. The broads are back. Yeah. <laughs> Extra moxie this time. Extra moxie. Full of moxie. <laughs> if you thought we had a lot of moxie last time, watch out, <laughs> everyone. Because now we got nothing to lose. <laughs> we, we sure don't. We don't give a fuck. We got a few things to lose. We do. Yeah. Um, a lot but... of things, actually. We're very privileged people. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So, hi, everyone. We're back. Mm-hmm. It's this been. Is, this it, is that Broad Scott Moxie. Jesus, it is that Broad Scott Moxie. I'm Kiana. You're Kiana. I'm Cassie. Nice to meet you. Danny's here. <laughs> Already <laughs> dreading <laughs> how much she's going to have to edit this mess. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, it's been a hot minute since we've. Since we've been here. The hottest of minutes. The hottest of minutes. <laughs> like, year. Year. We, we. I think we recorded together. Mm hmm. For, like, the last time, what, February 2020? Maybe January? Yeah. I think probably, like, mid-February. Okay. Because yeah, we had... that's right. Because we were all hyped about the... Um, leap oh, Year Party. The Leap Year Party. Um, that was the last party. That was, <laughs> that was the last big hurrah. Mm-hmm. Because the Alamo and everyone there messed up the time-space continuum. Yeah. Our time machine <laughs> from the Time Leap Party. I think is the reason we're all here today. Yeah. And I um, am. Would you like to formally apologize? Yeah. I'll make <laughs> a public apology. Down? <laughs> I'll make a public apology right now. <laughs> so please hold. Okay. This is very serious. <clears throat> okay. Sorry, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Thank you. Mm-hmm. You know, from me and all of our listeners, we really appreciate that very sincere <laughs> apology. But you know what? We're here. Mm-hmm. We've made it through. We're all vaccinated, so we all feel safe being... We were in the car together for the first time mm-hmm. in... Who knows how long? I know. We. I think the last time we were in a car like that together, we said January. Yeah. Yeah. So... We've missed each other. We have. A lot. <laughs> and now we are full of strawberries. Yeah, we are. God, I was just we thinking about that. We picking. To be, sorry. To, to, yes. We needed... To, yeah. We're not just full of strawberries for no reason. We went and picked them, mm-hmm. and I ate so many in the field <laughs> that now I'm like, oh, man, I have to eat more later. Yeah. And Oof. then when Cassie mentioned she ate them in the field, I was like, oh, we can, we can eat these? We can eat these. <laughs> <laughs> but we decided, what did we decide? That if small children can come and pick green ones mm-hmm. and, and then throw just them. throw them in, back into the field, it's perfectly fine for us to snack mm-hmm. as we harvest 
Just a hand, just a handful. Just a handful. Canna did look like she murdered somebody by the time we were done, though. <laughs> yeah. She was like, "Am I the only one who's covered in red juice?" <laughs> yeah, cakes <Keeks> yar. <laughs> I met a pig friend. You did. Oh God, I was a little alarmed when you walked over to that massive beast. Mm-hmm. I f- felt that they had a gentle soul. Yeah. It was. It was very cute. It says, and we gave it a strawberry, and it mm-hmm. so daintily took it out of your hand. Mm-hmm. That was the first pig I haven't been afraid of in a while. So, for the size, though. for the size, it was enormous. Yeah. Let's just it be w- very clear. This was not like a little cute baby pig. Like this was a. It was a beast. A formidable opponent. A formidable. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that is a perfect explanation. But we're here now. We are ready to go. Yeah. By the way, sorry that the last one that I made was mm-hmm. just me crying. No, <laughs> it was and then, <laughs> and then having a real hard time. <laughs> Look, last summer, uh, we all needed a little time to reflect and to gain some fucking perspective about mm-hmm. how the world works. And I think that's all very important. And that's why we... I think probably why, I mean, in addition to coronavirus, because that was a huge bummer, but like, it was a good time to fucking take a little hiatus and uh, work on ourselves so that we can be better at this Mm -hmm. and just be better people in general. Mm -hmm. So it was a very powerful one. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Okay. So who are you doing today? Oh my God, I'm so happy. I can't believe (laughs) Okay. Today, I am going to be talking about the woman that we have to thank for being here today. Okay. She's the woman that solved the mystery of mRNA genetic technology (gasps) that allowed for the first mRNA vaccines to be created. I know who this is. I know who this is. (laughs) And for those who don't know what mRNA, I'm going to say mRNA Uh a lot. And at some point. It's going to go. I'm going to know. That's what it's going to turn into. Just a heads up. Again professionals <laughs> but those are the vaccines the type of vaccine that pfizer and moderna mm-hmm. are aka the covid19 vaccines wonderful yes and i'm not talking about them big pharma fucks no fuck them nope no no we're talking about the scientist yep katalin carico yes she goes by katie <gasps> i'm going to say that yes thank you <laughs> because we're besties yes we're, we're women we're like this yeah mm-hmm. me and her we just love each other yeah Follow each other on Twitter, for mm. sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that is a lie. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I don't know how to tweet at all. <laughs> um, so the woman, the creator, the myth, the legend. Let's talk about her. Yes. She was born January 17th, 1955 in Kisuvalis. Ooh. <laughs> Hungry. <laughs> if I'm pronouncing that wrong, it's because it's spelled K-I-S-U with an accent on it. Uh-huh. J. S Z A with an accent on it. L L A with an accent on it. S. Okay. And I think it's a personal attack on me <laughs> that is. I chose to mm-hmm. just yeah. look. I appreciate anything with with that many squiggles mm-hmm. above letters. Yeah. And also when you throw an S and a Z mm-hmm. next to each other in the same word, it's very. Also, I thought that was Greek. <laughs> When you said it, I was like, oh, that sounds kind of Greek. And no, it's Hungarian. Mm-hmm. Yes. So in Hungary, mm-hmm. her father was a butcher and the rest of her 
childhood is her business because That's it's right. not on the internet. Okay. <laughs> and, and I respect that. <laughs> she earned her PhD at a university in Hungary. And after she graduated, she continued to work there at the university's research center. Oh, okay. In 1985, though, the university's research program ran out of money. Mm. And so she was like, gotta find somewhere to work. Yeah. So she moved to Philadelphia. Nice. She's in the U.S. now. Very cool. And here she worked as a research assistant professor at the University of Pennsylvania. I think Benjamin Franklin was the reason that the university is there, <laughs> I think. So thank you to that man. But fuck everything fuck else. That guy. <laughs> but I got Yeah. It's coming back, y'all. Yeah. Everything's coming back. I'm sweating. I know. You like earlier to earlier yeah. you were like, I'm nervous. And I was like, we'll we'll be fine. We're just gonna have fun. And uh-huh. now I'm in here and I'm like <gasps> What is happening? I'm trying not to like <laughs> into the microphone as I'm like quietly listening and like trying to not make mouth noises or air noises. <laughs> okay. So she's at the University of Pennsylvania in Philadelphia. She participated in a clinical trial in which Patients with AIDS uh, and chronic fatigue syndrome were treated with RNA stuff. Not, okay. not mRNA, DSRNA. Also, okay. this is a hev- a sci- heavy, science heavy. <laughs> we're not scientists. We are professionals. But none of this is going to make much sense. But that's okay. I'm going to try to make it make sense. Oh, good. Okay. But also, when it was science that I didn't need to know, mm-hmm. I was like, I don't... Long story short, no questions, please. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. I'll do my own research later if I really feel compelled. Yes. Okay. Thank you. That's fair. So she was doing that for a few years, and then in 1990, she submitted her first grant application for mRNA-based gene therapy, and it was rejected. They were like, nah, oh. dude. Oh. Yeah. Egg on their face, right? <laughs> <laughs> Um, And it would not be her last rejection. In fact, she spent most of the 1990s collecting rejections. Oh, shit. Yeah. One article described the study of mRNA genetic technology at this time as scientific backwater. Or... Excuse you! (laughs) Or a career dead end. Wow. So not a lot of belief in her. But she was passionate. (laughs) Good for her. Tenacious. Yes. Yeah. And so she was... Putting in all these grants, trying to get money for her research, Mm -hmm. but it was just too far-fetched. Government grants, corporate funding, and even, like, support from her colleagues, non-existent. Rude. She stated, quote, every night I was working, grant, 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 and it came back always, no, no, no. (laughs) Now, I wrote down, those people feel silly, obviously. Obviously. Because she saved the world. (laughs) (laughs) But there was a valid reason back then. Okay. And now we're going to be into Kiana Science Corner again. Yes. Questions are not welcome. <laughs> Do you need a lab coat or a stethoscope? I don't have either of those, but <sighs> I wish we did. Should, Should... Do we need a prop box? <laughs> <laughs> I'll just start bringing a beaker. We yes. Have... I have one somewhere. <laughs> Shit. Where is it? I, I don't it. know. I brought it home so I could put plants in it. <laughs> I have plants in mine. <laughs> so it's not for science. Kiana Science Corner. Mm-hmm. In the natural world, the body relies on millions of tiny proteins to keep itself alive and healthy. But in order to work, the proteins need instructions, which is where the messenger RNA genes come in. Okay. mRNA. Her idea 
was that you could just design your own messenger genes and with instructions on mm-hmm. them and hijack the process that your body naturally does oh. and create any proteins that you want. So it'd okay. be antibodies to fight infections, enzymes to reverse rare diseases, or growth agents to mend damaged heart tissue. Oh, A lot wow. of possibilities are endless. Yeah. And it's basically just teaching your body to make its own medicine. Mm-hmm. The That's stumbling fascinating, right? Yeah. <laughs> the stumbling block to the process and why it wasn't considered possible was that the synthetic mRNA that was being created uh-huh. led to an immune response, and the code would be destroyed before it could reach the proteins. Okay. So it was intruder. Your body's like, we don't like those. Mm-hmm. Takes them out. Just wasn't wasn't quite meshing. Exactly. Gotcha. So after six years of collecting grant rejections, Jesus Christ, (laughs) things don't get better. Oh my gosh. So she was demoted by the University of Pennsylvania because there wasn't any interest in the work Mm -hmm. and they no longer saw a point in supporting her. And this was already a hard year for her because she recently had a cancer scare. In one interview, she Mm -hmm. said she did have cancer. Uh So I don't know if it was just early and then it was sure in another article it said cancer scare so either way it's a fucking bummer and nobody wants to deal with that yeah and her husband was stuck in hungry uh sorting out Mm. visa issues so she was doing this alone with her daughter man and also just a side note her daughter is an olympian (laughs) really yeah oh wow i forgot for what but she got (laughs) pretty sure it's the summer one she's got the medals girl yeah sweet yeah so Of this time, this very hard point, Katie has said, quote, usually at this point, people just say goodbye and leave because it's so horrible. (laughs) God, telling it like it is. She's fantastic. I love her. (laughs) And that's fair. Yeah. Yeah. I would have given up. (laughs) Yeah. Six years of people going, no, this just doesn't seem worth it. And be like, God, maybe it's not. Right? (laughs) But she wasn't going to give up. And so in 1989, she started working in a low-level position, still at the University of Pennsylvania, with a man named Dr. Elliot Barnathan. In one of the first experiments, they hoped to use the mRNA to instruct cells to make a protein called the urokinase receptor. Okay. I believe you. Thank you. (laughs) Don't fact check me. I won't. Well, I couldn't spell that if I tried. I'd be like, (laughs) things would get weird real quickly. Also, you can fact check me because they did do that, but I don't know if I'm pronouncing it right. So don't fact check me on that. Thanks, everybody. (laughs) If the experiment worked, they would detect the new protein with a radioactive molecule that would be drawn to the receptor. Mm. It was, of course... Not taken seriously by anybody. <laughs> One fateful day, however, their detector had found the new proteins produced by cells that were never supposed to, like, be there. Uh-huh. Suggesting that the mRNA could be used to direct any cell to make any protein. Okay. Which is a big deal. Yeah. Of the success, Katie recalls, quote, I felt like a god. <laughs> <laughs> yes, queen! <laughs> The success was followed by many, many ideas of what was now possible because they were able to pinpoint this thing. Mm -hmm. 
But before they can continue their research, Dr. Barnathan left the university, accepting a position at a biotech firm. And Katie was just sort of left in limbo Mm -hmm. without a lab or financial support. And her grants were still being rejected, even as more mundane research was being supported. Cool, 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 guys. Yeah, all very cool. (laughs) Thankfully... Uh, an old colleague of hers, a Dr. Langer, urged the head of the neurosurgery department to give her research a chance. Uh-huh. Shout out to that man. Fuck all the doubters. That's right. And Dr. Langer said, quote, There's a tendency when scientists are looking at data to try and validate their own idea. The best scientists try to prove themselves wrong. Kate's genius was a willingness to accept failure and keep trying, and her ability to answer questions people were not smart enough to ask. Oh, yes. (laughs) Hell yeah. So... With their research, their goal was to use the mRNA to treat patients that develop blood clots following brain surgery, Mm. which did not work out, unfortunately. They tried their mRNA on isolated blood vessels used to study strokes. It didn't quite work. Mm -hmm. They went to Buffalo, New York, tried it on rabbits. Okay. Uh, Didn't work again. And then Dr. Langer left the university And so did the department chairman. Son of a bitch. (laughs) So she was again without a lab and without funds for research. All of these dudes who are like, (laughs) yeah, 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 let's try this. Okay, bye now. Yeah. (laughs) It's like, great, now I'm back in square one again. Mm -hmm. Gosh. Yeah. But she didn't give up. She didn't give up. And we know it's a happy story because it's in our blood. I know. It's (laughs) literally. We've got it. It's coursing through our veins. <laughs> We're so fucking healthy. <laughs> we got all these p- fucking mRNAs. That's right. Fighting the good fight. <laughs> so, Katie, mm-hmm. devastated again. But she doesn't give up. One day, she was just hanging around a photocopy machine and struck up a conversation with a man named Dr. Weissman. And the conversation basically went like this. Katie was like, I'm an R- RNA scientist. I can make anything with mRNA. And then Dr. Weissman was like, I want to make a vaccine against HIV. Can can your thing do that? Uh-huh. And she was like, yeah, I can do it. Let's team up and make it happen, dog. And so they did. A <laughs> <laughs> uh, very shaky start to the research because she was like, yeah, I can do anything. Mm-hmm. She didn't explain that she needed some time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So she could make the mRNA molecules to instruct the cells to do things, Mm -hmm. but it wasn't working on living samples. So she can do it in a Petri dish. Sure. But the second they tested it on mice, Mm -hmm. it wasn't working. Okay. And nobody knew why. It was described the mice got sick, their fur got ruffled, they hunched up, they stopped eating, and they stopped running. Mm. Bad reaction. Also, let's stop testing on animals. Let's do that. Yeah. (laughs) But also... Shout out to those mice. Right? Because <laughs> they did it for us. Yeah, they did. They didn't have a choice. There's a special place out in the universe for animals in general, but <laughs> like, we wouldn't be anywhere without bunnies and rats. Monkeys. And monkeys. OHSU has a bunch, right? I don't know. Yeah. Oh. Oh, man. <laughs> Sorry. It is a university. OHSU yeah. is, for our listeners, the Oregon... Health and Science University. Yeah. <laughs> you looked really quiet. And like, I was like, oh. I was like, what is the letters again? I'm going to throw some letters out there. How can we? 
Oregon hot potato <laughs> squash <laughs> onion. No, that's an O. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! Oh lord! Carry on. We'll we'll get back. Okay. So it turned out the immune system recognized the invading microbes by detecting their mRNA and responding with inflammation. So the body was just like, get it out. Uh-huh. This is a lot of science. <laughs> no, it's fascinating, okay. though. It's And you're doing a really good job at, like, I'm understanding it. It's been a long time since I've taken, like, a biology class. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, yes, I remembered that word. Okay, I remember what that does. Okay. I'm, no, I'm right there. Cool. Thank we got you. smart listeners. They fucking know. Thank you. Thank you, everybody, for being smart. <laughs> Bless you. Bless our listeners. Mm-hmm. If they're into that. <laughs> they're into blessings. <laughs> so anyways, it yeah. wasn't working. They had another puzzle to solve. And they were wondering why their mRNA was different from the our body's natural mRNAs. Uh-huh. Because... Again, it petri dish, it works. Yeah. Doesn't work in a live person. Okay. And so she was asking herself, why is the mRNA I made different? Mm-hmm. Which is what I just said. <laughs> <laughs> so she asked this question, and what was to follow was a decade with a lot of science things and a lot of experiments. And in that time, they start things started coming together. Bada bing, bada boom. We she got was, shit that works. The mRNA is doing its job. Yes. She was asking the right questions and she figured it out. Excellent. God, so, I love a smart woman. Yes. And also, Weissman was there too. Okay, fine. But we love a smart woman. Yes. <laughs> uh, the solution they discovered was the biological equivalent of swapping out a tire. Excellent. So, okay. Ev- every strand of mRNA is made up of four molecular building blocks called nucleosides. Okay. But in its altered synthetic form, one of those building blocks, like a misaligned wheel on a car, was throwing everything off. Okay. So they found what was different. So they simply subbed it out for a slightly tweaked version, creating a hybrid mRNA that would sneak its way into the cells without alerting the body's defenses. Fascinating. Yeah. I also, I love your tire analogy. That makes so much sense. It's not mine. I'll read my sources right after. Yes, girl. <laughs> it made sense to me, and I was like, I gotta. Okay. Per- I'm yeah. not gonna make up my own analogy okay. there because it was just so perfect. The way Why it was. reinvent the the flat tire? Yeah. You're just gonna replace it and create new mRNA. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so, with this slightly altered thing, they injected it into a monkey. Uh-huh. And specifically a protein that would stimulate red blood cell creation. Okay. And guess what? That monkey's red blood cell count? Out of this world. Yeah! Fucking worked. With the success, they are convinced that they can use this method to make any protein drug like insulin uh-huh. or other hor- hormones. Oh, wow. And they published these groundbreaking findings in a series of papers in 2005. And for the most part... Nobody looked at him. I can't. We love. I can't. Every time, every time, I'm like, oh, we're there. Oh, she's gonna get some fucking recognition. Exactly. All right. I'm angry now. It's an uphill battle with this. 
Dr. Weissman recalls, We talked to pharmaceutical companies and venture capitalists. No one cared. We were screaming a lot, but no one would listen. Oh, for Pete's sake. Eventually, two biotech companies were interested in the research. They were like, Mm -hmm. okay, this seems like something we can run Mm -hmm. with. And it was Moderna in the U.S. Okay. And BioNTech in Germany, which is a partner of Pfizer. Oh, okay. Two things we know well. Yep. (laughs) Clinical trials of mRNA flu vaccines were underway at this time, and they were focusing their efforts on vaccines against cytomegalovirus. Mm. And the Zika virus, among others. Oh, okay. So that's what they were. The second one I've heard of, the first one, I can't say. Yeah. Neither. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And then January 2020 rolls around. Hey, no. And the vaccine focus shifts. Mm -hmm. So Chinese scientists posted a genetic sequence of a new virus raging in Wuhan, Mm -hmm. which we now all know as Mm COVID-19. Now, viruses, I think this is a slight, another science, dive into the science corner. Okay, science corner. Viruses and the diseases they cause have different names. So, for example, HIV is a virus that causes AIDS. Okay, yeah. And viruses are named based on their genetic structure to facilitate the development of diagnostic tests. So, if they have the same virus name, uh-huh. they typically have the same look to them under gotcha. a microscope. Okay. So coronavirus is the virus, Mm -hmm. but COVID-19 is the disease. Got you. Okay. So researchers have known for a while that a feature of coronavirus is the spike protein sitting on its surface, which allows the virus to inject itself into human cells. Ah, that's that's why the little, like, graphic of it always looks spiky and angry. Yes. Like a a sea urchin. Clever. Oh, okay. yeah. Yeah. And that's also why, for, at first we were calling it coronavirus, mm-hmm. and then it started getting called COVID-19, mm-hmm. and I wasn't quite sure of the shift, so I put that in there because gotcha. I no. didn't know. So I, I appreciate that. that. I Well, and it's so so often, you like, in Inter- the news, everywhere, it's used interchangeably, you know? So that's, okay, I didn't know that. So we know about coronavirus, but we don't know about COVID-19, because that's the new strain. Uh-huh. And from what we learned today, so spike protein, no, 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 mRNA. Uh-huh very good at protein things mm-hmm. so they were like oh mrna what's up this is it mm-hmm. your time to shine yes and it indeed was applied very well in the situation <laughs> so <laughs> all three of us are living proof <laughs> exactly many many people are living yeah <laughs> <laughs> so BioNTech designed its mrna vaccine in hours after the sequencing came out and moderna designed it in two days Damn. So that part was very quick. Now they just needed a vehicle that would carry the mRNA into the body. Uh-huh. And they also needed to test it. So that's why it took the time that it did. Yeah. So the answer for this, the answer for the vehicle came quickly because it was based on another man's work in British Columbia who had been trying to design something for like 25 years. Oh, wow. Yeah. So enough about him. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Bye. Yeah. So they have the vehicle now, and now they're in testing. And uh-huh. Katie's like, no problem. It's going to work. Yeah. I know I've been doing this for forever. I know it's going to work. Mm-hmm. But, you know, other people had their doubts. And then on November 8th, <gasps> the first results of the Pfizer study came in, uh-huh. showing that it was it was successful. <laughs> it offered a powerful immunity to the new virus. 
Katie turned to her husband when she found out and uh-huh. said, oh, it works. I thought so. <laughs> <laughs> Someone give this woman a fucking medal and a raise and all the money for all the research she could ever possibly fucking want. Ex- exactly. She needs some goddamn restitution for every go- everyone patting her on the head and going, mm, maybe not. Yeah. And to celebrate uh-huh. because, I, you know. A long time coming. We heard of all yeah. of her, all of the rejection that yeah. she went through. She ate an an entire box of goobers by herself. <laughs> oh my god! Not only is she brilliant, but she's also a fucking rebel <laughs> who loves a good goober, loves a good chocolate covered nut. <laughs> and and then on December eighteenth, uh-huh. her and Weissman were vaccinated. At the University of Pennsylvania. And as they were there, the doctors and nurses were told that they were the scientists whose research made the vaccine possible. Uh Uh-huh. And everybody was clapping. Oh, my gosh. She was crying. I can't even imagine. I... What a... Vindication. Right? (laughs) Like, what a powerful moment. Yeah. This technology isn't just a powerful weapon against the pandemic. The underlying method represents a new frontier in biological medicine. Sorry, biologic medicine. (laughs) Whose vast possibilities encompass infectious diseases, cancer treatments, and even repairing autoimmune and genetic conditions. Wow. So. Holy moly. Big, big deal. Dr. Fossey. Is that how you pronounce it? Fauci. Fauci. Mm-hmm. Fucking Italian. Love that. <laughs> Dr. Fauci. <laughs> Love that you made him Mario. That's the only... That's my Italian icon. All right. I appreciate it. <laughs> it's me! Mario! I'm gonna ween! <laughs> Can you pick... All I'm picturing now is Dr. Fauci with a big mustache in a car throwing turtle shells <laughs> and fucking like banana peels vaccines right. <laughs> vaccines donkey kong is like bling, 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 bling. he's testing on donkey kong <laughs> that red red blood cell count out of this world can you throw that barrel now buddy yeah you can that's why he's so buff that is true we've solved it <laughs> we've gone off the fucking rails yeah we sure have so here's a quote from that man. Okay. <laughs> this is what I was leading up to about the mRNA research. Quote, it's going to be transforming. It's already transforming for COVID-19, but also for other vaccines. HIV, people in the field are already excited. Influenza, malaria, much more. Oh, my gosh. How exciting. Amazing. <laughs> um, she's been recognized and awarded by several ex- several institutions for her work. And many believe that her and Weissman will, at the very least, be nominated for a Nobel Prize in chemistry. When the time comes. Uh Uh-huh, uh-huh. Which just feels right. Yeah, it does. (laughs) Right now, Katie is the senior vice president at BioNTech RNA Pharmaceuticals and has expressed interest in non-COVID-related research. Quote, I think at the moment, testing new variants and, if necessary, making new vaccine, that can be done by my colleagues. I want to focus on making RNA that encodes therapeutic proteins that will help heal wounds, scar bones, or that will help cure patients with cancer. Amazing. Oh, my gosh. That's amazing. (laughs) Katie, girl. Amazing. We can't stop. (laughs) 
we know, love her. This feeling is one of the things I missed so much over the last year. This just like elation and just so much pride and yeah. like, oh, so incredible. Mm-hmm. I know who this woman is. You know who this woman is. All of our listeners now who know who this woman is, but everybody should. Yes. <laughs> Period. Yes. Mm-hmm. It's also just hearing what she had to go through. Oh my gosh. And you know she wasn't getting... I mean, it's never mentioned by her. Yeah. She's a woman in the field, dominated yeah. by men. Yep. I bet there's a reason why she wasn't getting a ton of grand. <laughs> exactly. It's not a it's not a coincidence. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. For, for sure. Also, you said two thousand five? Yeah. That was so not that long ago. That was the year before I graduated high school. It's so new. No wonder she's been working for so long at it. And still And that's why when people are like Oh, this is a new thing. I don't trust it. Mm-hmm. She's been working her ass off. <laughs> yeah, she's worked her entire career on this one teeny, teeny, tiny thing that's going to change the fucking world. Mm-hmm. Has. Has changed the world. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Okay. Where did you where did you get all of this information oh, yes. from? Yes. Thank you. Thank you. So, got quite a few sources for this. So, I was on the CDC website the World Health Organization website, the International MRNA Health Conference website, and then the articles that I used. One is titled, Biochemist Carico Honored in Her Hungarian Hometown for COVID Work by Philip Andrew Cherm. Another article, She Was Demoted, Doubted, and Rejected. Now Her Work is the Basis of the COVID-19 Vaccine by Leah Asmalash and A.J. Willingham. Another article called Katie Carico Helped Shield the World from the Coronavirus by Gina Colada. And then another article. <laughs> I feel like I'm just listing every everything. Another article called In the Vaccine Trenches with Caitlin Carico and Drew Weissman by Matthew DeGeorge. And then another and final article called Redemption. Yeah. <laughs> how, how a scientist's unwavering belief in mRNA gave the world a COVID-19 vaccine by Sarah Newey. Yes, girl. Air punches. Boo. That's amazing. Yeah. Oh, good job. Way to go. There was a quote that I saw in one of the articles from Dr. Weissman, who was like, we knew that the mRNA would do well in a pandemic because uh-huh. it's very quick, quick acting and quick to like study Uh uh-huh we just weren't hoping for a pandemic to prove it (laughs) exactly (laughs) nobody wants this but i mean when it's put in front of you yeah (laughs) Uh, worked out great for them yeah it did all right okay who are you serving up today all right let me preface this so we all know that when states started to shut down and shit was getting real crazy Mm -hmm. I was no longer going to work. So I was furloughed for three, three months, four months. A while, yeah. A hot minute. I had a lot of time on my hands. (laughs) And in addition to gardening, Danny and I started accumulating a lot of plants. (laughs) Like a lot, a lot. We started with a handful and then that number grew. And eventually we were sitting right at like 98 Mm. Um, (laughs) 
I can confirm. <laughs> the last time I was in the house, not a ton of plants. <laughs> now that I'm in the house, it's a greenhouse. Everywhere. It's, everywhere. We're it's, outside. It's humid. <laughs> it's it's nice and balmy in here. There's green everywhere. It's beautiful. It, thank you very much. We we have we have had our losses, which are devastating. We're slowly but surely learning what we can keep alive and what just does not it doesn't like our house it doesn't like us <laughs> not a big fan of scorpios apparently <laughs> but homophobic <laughs> they're just dicks so we yeah. don't keep them around anymore yeah <laughs> you, you know what ferns get the fuck out of here that's what i say that but, stay outside but shout out to our listener fern <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> who is a good person yes. and we love them we love them <laughs> But the plants can, can yeah, take ferns a can fuck flying up. leap. Oh, but you have... You're... I have... A, okay. All right. I'm not going to paint with a broad brush. Some ferns are okay, but <laughs> I tell you what. I have killed a, a handful of a variety of ferns. But there are a couple. The bird nest fern that you gave us. Beautiful. Thriving. She loves it. But uh, there's a whole bunch of other <laughs> ones that have not survived. I accidentally killed a maidenhair fern because I couldn't stop touching it. And then when I finally read an article that was like, why does my plant hate me? It's like, don't touch the leaves. And I was like, well, <laughs> I touched all of them a lot of times for sure. <laughs> so didn't go well. Anyway, all of that is to say I was getting into houseplants and just plants in general and stumbled upon this really wonderful article called The Diva Who Grew Her Own Exotic Kingdom. And I was like, tell me more. <laughs> I love the descriptor diva. Right? Oh, and I love it, it. it. Okay. So I can see why I grabbed your attention. Please yeah, tell me more about this diva. I literally, I read this article and immediately was like, put her on the list. I'm going to talk about her because I'm blown away by this. All right. So the woman I'm talking about today, her name is Madame Gana Valska. Okay. Mm-hmm. Madame Gonavalska was born Hannah Puich on June 26th, 1887, in Brest, Portland. Portland. Poland. No. <laughs> <laughs> I was Off and running. <laughs> We're in Poland. We are. So Brest is in now, it's in Belarus. Mm. But at one time, it was part of Poland. Poland was divided among like five different places so it was technically in the russian empire mm -hmm. at this period of time so she's born uh, and then we don't really know anything about her that's her business and exactly we respect privacy until she's <laughs> until she's a teenager where she attended catholic school oh my god hold on i went down a whole page oh no <laughs> see professionals what was i saying catholic school okay so after the death of her parents she was she went to Catholic school. She was raised a good Catholic girl. Mm -hmm. And she was sent to live with her relatives in St. Petersburg. <laughs> I, had, I had a... Did it growl oh, within you? Yeah. It was my throat. It was like the water. <clears throat> you know when... <laughs> yes. It was like... <laughs> I and love I was the body sounds. Like right here. <laughs> <laughs> Just the only throat noises. <laughs> the body sounds that we record on here are so fucking funny. I've never been more aware of the noises my body makes. Neither. And I'm In just like quiet. Be silent. Room. 
We're all hot. I'm like, can you hear me sweating? Because it's happening everywhere. <laughs> can you hear the follicles opening and I... letting the sweat out? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh, for shit's sake. All right. So she's in St. Petersburg. One evening, she finds herself at a royal ball. What a time to be alive, right? <laughs> yeah. Like, okay. So it's the czar, who I'm pretty sure is Tsar Nicholas too. The last of the Russian emperors, Mm -hmm. right? So he's hosting the shindig. Baby Anastasia is probably running around somewhere with the other Romanov children. Mm -hmm. I went down a little bit of a rabbit hole and (laughs) turned and looked at Danny and I went, man, Russian history is confusing. I was like, there's a lot going on. Yeah. 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 (laughs) People are being overthrown. There's the Bolsheviks. Shit goes real crazy Mm -hmm. quite quickly. A lot of a lot of land at some points. Not a lot of land (laughs) at some points. Exactly. Now got the Crimea situation. Yeah. Who belongs? So all of this is happening, but right now, big grand balls. Everything is fun. (laughs) We love big grand balls. (laughs) Speak for yourself. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So we're at this ball. And then the czar sees her from across the room and goes, ah, yes, you, you're the most beautiful woman in this entire ball. And she's like, oh, me? Okay. <laughs> I know. This led to him insisting that a portrait be painted of her. It's called the czar's portrait. Couldn't find out for the life of me who the artist was who painted it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, he was just like, oh my God, you're stunning. We have to paint you. Oh, wow. Okay. So shortly after this proclamation, she met, fell in love, and eloped with a Russian count by the name of Arkady. Okay. Okay. That sounds like so, the name of a DJ. Right? <laughs> <laughs> DJ Arkady. Wah, 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 wah. <laughs> yeah, it's good. He was kind of a dick, though. But they got married... And so she was like, okay, you know, I grew up just living my humble Polish girl life, and now I'm a countess? Okay. (laughs) So, you know, she's living this high life, enjoying the finer things. She's a hot 19 or 20-year-old woman. She's like, yes, girl, let's do this. However, after eight years of being a dutiful wife, she was pretty fed up with Arcady's drinking and fooling around. So she was like, bye, boy. And she set her sights on the bright lights of the stage. (laughs) Oh. Oh. (laughs) Wonderful. Indeed. So, Ghana, oh, excuse me, I'm going to call her Hannah for, for the time being. Hannah had a passion, and she began taking voice lessons, first in Russia, and then eventually she moved to Paris and continued lessons there. She decided that along with her budding new career, she needed a new name. I mean... Madam, obviously, yeah. because that demands some fucking respect. It sure, it sure does. She changed her first name from Hannah to Ghana, which is essentially like the more exotic variation of Hannah, okay. which means graceful or full of grace. And she gave herself the surname Volska because she loved to dance, specifically the waltz. So one day she was basically like waltz, waltzing, valsing, valska. Okay, boom, bada bing. <laughs> Love there's, that. There's my name. Madame Ghana Valska. Which has some fucking oomph to it. Demands respect. It does. So, the Madame Ghana Valska's charisma, uniqueness, nerve, and talent. Inst- 
Yeah. <laughs> Instantly made her a crowd favorite among the socialites. Not to mention she's the prettiest girl at the ball. So clearly she's stunning. Everything's great. Because when you're young and white and hot and rich, like everything is easy, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> people like pretty people. Yeah. So then here to ruin everyone's good time. World War One <laughs> is like brum, brum, brum. So with the threat How was of it? war, sorry, what was when World War One? Oh, thank you. <laughs> there were visuals with that that included yeah. our movements marching in place. Yeah, a little like a little stomping. Uh, I was channeling. Uh, oh gosh, what's his name? The old guy in uh, Jurassic Park, John Hammond. Hammond. Yes, I was channeling John Hammond. In Jurassic Park, when he's describing something and he's about the dinosaur, <laughs> brum, brum, brum. so that's what World was War happening One. in my hand. Exactly, <laughs> it's a T Rex. <laughs> so, with the threat of war looming, Ghana decided to pack up, move to the Big Apple. Mm. All of the opera lessons she was taking, plus a long voyage across the ocean, left the poor dear with a strained larynx <laughs> and a broken heart. Oh, so. <laughs> she um, goes to a doctor, a very wealthy endocrinologist named Joseph Frankel, who knew exactly what she needed. Vocal rest and a new husband. <laughs> so the two were married within 10 days. Oh. Oh, he took it as a personal. Yeah. <laughs> the prescription was him. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> He's like, you need that hot beef injection. <laughs> Why do you say that? Because <laughs> I thought it was funny. <laughs> oh my god. I might die. Oh my god. We're two paragraphs in. Or like maybe three. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Hold on. I got one more. He was going to give her that vitamin D. Because <laughs> he's a doctor. I like that more okay. than beef injection. <laughs> Which I will never forgive you for. <laughs> you know what? Coming in with a bang. That's what we're doing. <laughs> All right. Married to this hot, super rich doctor. Living her best life. Taking opera lessons. Making friends. And then was like, what more is there? And obviously, it's the early 1900s. In America. We all know what people were interested in. So. <laughs> Danny. <laughs> Danny and I just looked at each other and we're like, well, I don't know. Okay, maybe maybe you two don't know, but I know. So she became interested in things like mysticism and the meaning of life. And I would not have guessed that. <laughs> I was thinking like industrial revolution. Oh, no, 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 no. I mean, she's obviously all of these things are happening. She's having a good time, guys. Mm -hmm. She's loaded and hanging in with rubbing elbows with everyone, mm -hmm. you know. And mysticism. Love it. Yes. So mysticism. She is curious about the meaning of life. She started participating in seances, consulting Ouija boards. Oh, no. Nope. Practicing yoga. Oh, okay. That's fine. And exploring astrology, meditation, and telepathy. So like my Saturday night, you know, <laughs> we got a lot do, of things in common. Do you, have we talked about this? Do you fuck with Ouija boards? No, girl. Not okay. with Ouija boards. 
thank God. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> look, there's a lot of there's a lot of shit that I'm like, oh yeah, let's let's try it. Ouija, mm-mm, girl. Mm-mm. I've seen too many movies. I know how that ends. I don't even want Ouija boards in my house. No, I have a rule against it. Yeah, <laughs> and I don't care if it's domineering. <laughs> no Ouija boards in my goddamn house. That's right. Because it should be a rule everywhere. I think. Best case scenario, nothing. Mm-hmm. Worst case scenario, demons. Demons. <laughs> All around. <laughs> exactly. All right. Where am I? So. Your Saturday night. My Saturday <laughs> night. <laughs> we're, we're having seances. We're talking about the meaning of life. And then this. this the, the. What am I trying to say? The ast. I was going to say the asteroids. <laughs> the. Uh, mm, stars. The stars. Space. But there's a better word Astro- for it. <laughs> Astro projecting. <laughs> Astronomy? No. Uh-oh. Astrology? Maybe. Stars? Look, it doesn't matter. <laughs> so she's doing all this stuff, but also, during this time, mind you, she's still married to the doctor, she meets this wealthy playboy named Harold McCormick. He's heir to the International Harvester Fortune, Tractors. Okay. Mm-hmm. I thought it was spicy. Yeah, me too. <laughs> He's like, McCormick, like... The spice? No, 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 no. <laughs> no, we're talking like lawnmower okay. and tractor combines, you know. Which is hilarious because I read that in my South Dakota brain went tractors. I know what that is. <laughs> and I was like, oof. He was also a gener- generous supporter of the Chicago Opera Company. So tractors, opera, clearly had a lot of things in common. So this guy falls head over heels in love with our dear Ghana. And promptly divorced his wife, who was a Rockefeller. (gasps) So not only is he an heir to essentially this enormous agricultural machine business during the Industrial Revolution, he's also married to the youngest daughter of the fucking Rockefellers. This man is, he's like Scrooge McDuck <laughs> up to his eyeballs in like money and gold coins. Yeah. So but he's probably exploited a lot of people. Absolutely. He's a fucking dick. <laughs> he's real terrible. Never lose sight. Never. No. Eat the rich. Fuck him. Who cares? But he left his wife, who was a Rockefeller, yeah. which was a big deal at the time. Okay. So this is the part where I was like, Boy, I just rabbit holed for like 15 minutes and I had to share it with Danny because I was fucking dying. Don't quote me on this. However, <laughs> I read on Wikipedia that after his divorce, he wanted to quote unquote fortify himself by having an operation by this man named Sergei Voronov, mm-hmm. who was a surgeon who specialized in transplanting animal glands into aging men with impotency. So what I'm taking from this Mm -hmm. is that this guy may or may not have gone to this doctor to get monkey testicle tissue grafted to his balls as a means to cure his limp dick. And according, according to one (laughs) contemporary newspaper, he was famously known as the Monkey Gland Man. <laughs> and I thought I was gonna die. 
oh god i don't there's so many things wrong here i don't even know where to start but i was like i'm sorry this french fucking doctor was like i have an idea (laughs) instead of just going well i'm getting old this seems like a part of life that's just gonna happen just slap some monkey balls on it you'll be fine (laughs) and i couldn't deal i could not handle it i bet if he was writing grants he would have been A-okayed. Yeah. <laughs> I'm fucking sure. Absolutely. Oh, my God. Anything to cure a limp dick. Mm-hmm. That's actually one of the hardest things that any person can go through. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure it's very difficult. <laughs> but you know what? Fucking deal with it. Yeah. Okay. <sighs> You've had. Oof, You've I'm had so... a run with the patriarchy <laughs> and all that. You can handle that. Yeah. Okay, so anyway, Mr. McCormick, we're going to put him on the back burner for now. He needs to wait his turn. Can we refer to him using his nickname? Monkey Gland Man? Yeah. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, we're setting him over here. Monkey Gland Man over here. So, Ghana is still married to the doctor, but then he dies. Less than four years after they've been married. And Ghana does the only thing a grieving widow can do. Take a luxurious trip to Paris. (laughs) So, en route to Gay Paris, she meets a carpet tycoon named Alexander Cochran, once known as the richest bachelor in the world. Mm. He proposed to her the day they met, but she said no. But he was not deterred, and after several months and four more proposals... A man didn't accept no? That's so weird. Right? He was persistent in a really inappropriate way. Four proposals. And harassed her endlessly until she finally said yes. I'm shook. (laughs) I would have never suspected. Right? (laughs) So, again, he harangued her into saying yes. So finally she was like, fuck, yeah, okay, let's do this. You're super late, so at least... That'll be a thing. (laughs) Their marriage lasted less than two years because Alexander turned out to be, quote, the most miserable man I have ever met. End quote. I guess money can't buy everything. (laughs) Now, let's review. She has been married to the Russian Count, Mm -hmm. Arkady. Mm -hmm. Then she was married to the hot doctor. Mm -hmm. Then McCormick fell in love with her, Mm -hmm. but she backburnered him. Then she got married to this... Terrible Alexander guy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then she was like, you're awful. Goodbye. So, brr, coming back around to McCormick. So, in 1992, oh. 1992, 1922, okay. <laughs> with news of her divorce from Cochrane, still the hot goss, she married this Harold McCormick. Monkey gland man. Okay. What a guy. Finally, a man that was worth her time. He was a devoted husband, mm-hmm. which is good. Yeah. He wasn't a drunk. He wasn't fooling around on her all the time. And he supported her dreams of being a diva on the stage. Well, now I feel bad. <laughs> it's fine. No, no, no. It's totally fine. I just assumed he was going to be a dick. No, he's garbage, too. They're all garbage. Oh, cool. Okay. Just Let's just be clear. They're all garbage. <laughs> okay. Together, they purchased the... Mm, it's French. Oh, shit. I was going to Google how to say it, too. Tatra... De Champs-Élysées. That's what I'm going to call it. Hmm. It's this very fancy theater. It's a very well-recognized theater in Paris. 
for me, it sounds familiar. Uh-huh. And I wonder if it was brought up with the woman who has stuff at the Mary Hill Museum. Louis. Yep. Louis. Louis yes. Fuller. Thank you, Danny. <laughs> I think it does. Okay. I, bro- I probably didn't pronounce it right then either. That's okay. We don't speak French. I tried. <laughs> it didn't go well. Remember that very first episode we did when I talked about Julie Child? And I was like, I'm going to learn how to speak French. Fuck that. No, I'm not. <laughs> no, no. It's not happening. I tried. Anyway, so they bought this beautiful theater in Paris. They also bought this gorgeous French chateau. Ooh. Everything's beautiful and stunning because it's in Paris. And though she trained for many years, Ghana had a very unfortunate opera career. Oh. She didn't have much in the way of a voice. She couldn't really sing well at all. And furthermore, if she could, no one knew because she had a crippling stage fright. So she would get roles and she would go on stage and just try. She just really tried. Aww. She worked really hard. But between her stage fright and just maybe not being, like, that great, mm-hmm. especially trying to be an opera singer, like, mm-hmm. that's hard. Yeah. It's hard. And didn't, like, you know, it wasn't it wasn't a real, like, happy time. <laughs> but everyone's got to have a passion. However, at one point, she was performing on a stage in Havana, Cuba. And was booed, catcalled, and had rotten vegetables thrown at her throughout the performance. Like, she didn't go on... This is... This... I was like, yes, bitch. Do your thing. She got up there. Two acts. Two acts of this (laughs) opera. She got on stage and went, fuck you. And just continued (laughs) through all of it. Because she's a goddamn professional. (laughs) We love it. Yeah. So... She soldiered on. Haters gonna hate. <laughs> All the while, Harold, aka Monkey Gland Man. Thank you. <laughs> uh, good old husband number four supported her and continued to lavishly promote anything she did. In fact, I just thought this was an interesting fact. In fact, so this dynamic between the two of them inspired aspects of the screenplay for Citizen Kane. Oh. So, I didn't know this. I've never seen Citizen Kane. <laughs> Neither have I. If you have, like, that's good for you. But, like, <laughs> apparently there's we a man. All, we get it. Exactly. Apparently there's a man who, in the film, his second wife, he supports her in her dreams. Mm-hmm. And Orson Welles was like, ah, yes, inspiration. Mm-hmm. So. And the clapping at the end. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that's Citizen Kane. <laughs> Okay, so even though all of this was good and well, in 1931, the two divorced because Ghana refused to leave Paris and moved to Chicago with Harold. I mean, can you blame her? Yeah, I don't so, blame her. I mean, she's she's living a good life. <laughs> she's <laughs> like, hello, I'm in Paris in a chateau and you want me to go to Chicago? It's the 20s. I know what fucking is happening there. Yeah. There's good music, but... Also, <laughs> a lot of a lot of gangs, <laughs> a lot of bad shit, a lot of violence in these streets, a lot of violence. So, Ghana soon saw that maybe opera would not be her crowning glory. She's newly single, looking fierce, and she's like, "All right, let's uh, let's dip our toes into the world of Parisian cosmetics." 
that also didn't go great. She didn't really make any money on it, but she was like, oh, well, we tried. (laughs) So she owned this beautiful French theater and a chateau and also apparently a very, very famous Fabergé egg that she purchased from a Vanderbilt at a charity auction. (laughs) So many wealthy people in this story. (laughs) Just, they're just pulling it out of their pockets, throwing it in the air, honestly. There was a whole, again, another deep, this is why it took me five fucking hours, because I took a deep dive into a Fabergé egg. (laughs) (laughs) Any fun knowledge from that? Yes. It was designed specifically about, oh God, the Duchess of Marlborough. And so it's like an Easter egg. It's very fancy. It's very expensive. And after Kana owned it, then Forbes like the oh. Forbes purchased it and now it's in his collection of like 12 Fabergé eggs or something like that. It's a very pretty egg. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. <sighs> Things aren't going too bad for her. She spent her time going between New York and Paris. Uh, she's trying to find her purpose in life and just consistently being sought after by men. Just. <laughs> they're falling all over her. They're marriage proposals left right and center for this woman and she's just like oh my god keep it in your pants yes leave me she's just batting them off with sticks oh she's gotta <laughs> carry a club around with her just get out of here it's like stray cats no <laughs> get away but from me. i feel like she'd be like come here cats uh, get out of here you fucking man give me your money give me your money. come here get the fuck out of here <laughs> i don't need your money i got a chateau exactly <laughs> So then, I'm not sure, look, I don't really understand how this worked out, but she met this man named Harry Grindle Matthews, who is a scientist and an inventor, and he worked with the English government and the military. He apparently created some sort of death ray. (laughs) (laughs) Which is like, it sounds way, like, cooler, because it had something to do with electromagnets, and it would, like cut a car engine from a hundred feet away or something like that. Ugh. A death ray? Uh, uh like let's talk about hyperbole, shall we? Like, yeah. Calm down. Okay. <laughs> Man. Definitely a, like a, a war thing. Though. Yes. Yeah. But also he was ugly. Like he was just <laughs> not an attractive guy and not particularly rich because he works for the military. And she was just like, Yeah, I guess I'll marry you. I don't know. I don't know. They got married though. Well, maybe um, she loved him, Cassie. That's what I said. I said, maybe he had a wonderful personality, question mark. <laughs> I don't really know. But apparently he turned out to be a fucking dick and just as miserable oh. and jealous as everyone else. So here comes here, here comes World War II. Um, again, ruin everybody's good time. So Paris was no longer safe. Ghana left Harry and journeyed to the U.S. just as Nazis took France. So it was like a year later, he's still working with the government, found out that he died. So now she's a widow. Tangent. Okay. This is about another woman. Tell me. Who I used to like. Coco Chanel. Coco fucking Chanel. That Nazi bitch. We cannot. No longer. (laughs) No. No. I mean, we should still talk about her. We should talk about her and be like, hey, by the way. She's a fucking Nazi. She's a full on Nazi. Yeah. So stop using that quote where she's like, before you leave the house, take one thing off. Yeah. Fuck you. I'm going to be hella accessorized. That's right. (laughs) Suck it, Coco. (laughs) 
<laughs> you don't go, Glen Coco. <laughs> okay. So she's back in New York. Ghana found herself alone with a lot of free time on her hands. So she began writing her memoir, which is a book that is on my list. I'm just waiting for it to become available. It's called Always Room at the Top. So in her, it's such a good title, right? And I was like, yes, queen. So in her search for enlightenment and purpose, she began, uh, and also because she was like, I'm hot. I got to keep, I got to keep this shit tight. (laughs) Um, (laughs) People aren't just going to ask me to marry them every day if I let this go. So she began attending yoga seminars and soon fell in love yet again. This time with a man 20 years her junior. Coogie (laughs) Cooganit. So. Coogie (laughs) Cooganit. I liked that a lot. She went cougar, cougar, melon, cougar on these guys. (laughs) That's that's a joke that Kat, who is a good friend of Danny's from college, Mm -hmm. convinced somebody that John Cougar Mellencamp's name was Cougar Cougar Melon Cougar. <laughs> and now I say it all the time. It makes me laugh a lot. So, Kat, what's up? That's a great thing to do. I really appreciate very pointed spreading of false rumors just for kicks. <laughs> Only when it's for kicks. Only though. when it's for kicks and no one's getting hurt. Because I'm pretty sure John Cougar Mellencamp... <laughs> Does not care that people think his name is Cougar Cougar Melon Cougar. (laughs) Okay, so this man, who is 20 years her junior, mind you, I was looking at pictures of her husband, and there's a picture of this man, and I was like, did she marry a contortionist? Because he's got his, his legs are all folded and his arms are all tucked back in a weird way, and I was like... What the fuck is happening here? <laughs> but he's a yoga instructor, so I'm sure he can oh. do all kinds of weird things with his body. Okay. <laughs> okay, this man. His name is Theos Bernard. He is a scholar of Hatha Yoga and Tibetan Buddhism. Because, of course, he is. Mm-hmm. His nickname is the White Lama. And I was like, oh, for fuck's uh. sake. <laughs> <laughs> Cultural appropriation. <laughs> yeah. So he quickly became the main influence in Ghana's life because, of course, he did. Mm-hmm. She was like, oh, I have a boy toy. He's very bendy. Let's go on adventures. So they headed for the sunny West Coast. They secretly got married in Las Vegas. Nice. Mind you, this was Vegas before Vegas was Vegas. So it was just like, oh, look. Trendsetters. One hotel. <laughs> Ooh, look at them lights. Desert. Yeah, <laughs> desert. <laughs> there were no little white chapels. <laughs> 24-hour drive through marriages. Elvis wasn't yet. even around yet. Yeah. Not yet, girl. Okay, so they got married in Las Vegas. And then they signed a prenup because <laughs> she is fucking smart. Hell yeah. And they went to look for a new home. And he encouraged her to purchase this humongous California estate in Montecito that they named Tibetland. I'm not a fan. I like, I love naming a property. Tibetland? It's not, it's not great. It gets way better. Neither of you are from Tibet. Exactly. (laughs) That's kind of problematic. Yeah. So anyway, they purchased this big, huge place. It's like 37 acres. It's very big. So they named it Tibetland and it was supposed to be a retreat for Tibetan lamas 
Mm. So like the Dale mamas mm. and a place for Theos's quote sacred work in like herbology or something because he's also a fucking wizard, I guess. Mm. But like <laughs> all just very like new agey and just like oh, come on, mm. guy, you're too much. <laughs> so anyway, because of World War II, it kept a lot of the llamas from traveling, getting visas, etc. And so the idea for this retreat kind of fell flat. And Theos was apparently a very temperamental little yogi. <laughs> and his, like, mood swings and insecurities and jealousy about his gorgeous fucking, essentially, sugar mama at this point were just a lot for Ghana to deal with. And she was like, I can't. Goodbye. So they got divorced. And she kept everything because she's a smart cookie. Yep. And finally, Ghana found what she was looking for, which is just some fucking independence. <laughs> she's just like, I just want to live my goddamn life and not have men following me around all the time and, like, humping my leg everywhere I go. <laughs> just let me fucking be. So, Ghana spent the next 40 years of her life at Lotus Land. Better. Better. Much better. <laughs> yes. Instead of behaving like an aspiring soprano or international socialite, she began to lead a quieter, less public life. Her time was dedicated to designing her gardens and acquiring an amazing variety of rare and exotic plants. So this is a place that you can go now. Ooh. So I was like, uh, road trip. What's up? (laughs) I don't know how far Montecito is, but I think it's. Southern California? Yeah. I mean, it's pretty it, it's pretty far down there. But this is a place you can still go today. So Ghana's taste for the theatrical and extravagant carried over into every part of her gardens. You can see lots of pictures of this online. It's very fucking cool. She installed a bunch of different statues, like French statues that she had flown over from her French chateau. <laughs> and she also incorporated many elements of her Buddhist religion. There's the namesake Lotus Pond that has enormous lotus flowers and lily pads. Ooh. Like, the big giant ones that, like, people can, like, sit on. Mm-hmm. It's fucking crazy. So, cool. she turned the pool that was there into this big giant, like, lotus pond. And it's, it's stunning. Also, this is really important. The lotus symbolizes personal growth and strength in Buddhist traditions. And so they like just meant a super lot to her because I, come on, yeah, (laughs) she named her, she named the property that exactly. It's cute. Yeah, the areas of of the grounds are often referred to as garden rooms, and they're categorized in really fun eclectic ways. So there's like the Australian garden and the Bromeliad garden, but also like this is the Blue Garden, (laughs) and there's elements of theater and art. And all sorts of stuff all over the place. Ooh. It wasn't just landscaping, but it was a creation of, like, living, breathing stages for everything to, like, for nature to fucking, like, sing. Oh. And, uh, it's just, it gave me all the, like, warm and fuzzies. That's beautiful. Yeah. There's a, this huge clock that has all the signs of the zodiac, because what's up? <laughs> we love astrology and mysticism. <laughs> And it's surrounded by giant, like, topiary animals. Nice. And there's a water garden with a fountain that looks like giant clams that she designed. 
There's a Japanese garden full of flowering trees and stone lanterns that she collected from all over Japan. And there's a formal theater garden that has rows, like big hedges. It's very English and proper, but also hides little grotesques, which are like little creepy looking statues. They look like little, maybe like elves or mm-hmm. dwarves just scattered about. So you'll like see one peeking from behind a tree. Ooh. Yeah. There's an insectiary garden filled with native butterflies. And also a victory garden that is covered in lemon trees mm. that Ghana planted for the veterans of World War II. Mm. And these days, the fruit is collected and donated to local food banks. Oh. Which I thought was very cool. Yeah, that is fun. The estate house and gardens are full of beautiful, exotic treasures. Lotusland has become one of the world's most precious sanctuaries for rare plants and is one of the only places on Earth where plant contraband a.k.a. dangerous breeds, mm-hmm. can live. So, there's a very famous poison garden yeah, in, <laughs> in England, and so that's one of them. Lotus Land is one of them. There was a quote that was like, don't touch anything, and if you do touch anything, don't eat it. <laughs> it was like, that was a rule, and I thought that was great. Madame Ganavalska lived to be 96 years old. And was surrounded by her 3,000 plant varieties. She tended to her little plant babes and adventured around the grounds until her last days. She bequeathed her entire estate to the public so we can all visit and enjoy the beauty of Lotusland, hopefully for many, many years to come. She always considered herself, quote, an enemy of the average. Oh my god. <laughs> Is that my new yes. <laughs> lease on life? Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. So she always considered herself, quote, an enemy <laughs> of the average and was always as extra as possible. And when it comes to plants, more is better. And I was like, she, my patron saint. <laughs> Ganavalska is my patron saint and I didn't even know it. I love that. Enemy <sighs> of the average. Oh, God. Yes, everything <laughs> about it. I was absolutely blown away by this woman's fucking crazy wildlife and just her, her like, zest. <laughs> her she zest for, zest. like, fucking let's do it. <laughs> and just her persistence on, like, yeah. finding what's right for her. Exactly. She went through a lot of dickheads sure did. before she found out. Also, look, I love a woman who after... Trying and trying and trying is just like, I don't fucking need no man. I want my garden and I want my cats <laughs> and fuck all y'all. Leave. Let me do my thing. Oh, she's just, she's really incredible. Mm-hmm. So my sources were, like I said at the beginning, that article, The Diva Who Grew Her Own Exotic Kingdom. And that was written by Frankie Knapp on Messy Nessie Chic. Dot com. Oh, I love that. Yeah. <laughs> Her Life Was an Opera was an article in the, in the Independent by Barney Brantingham. Ganavalska, The Soprano from the Garden Estate by Merrick Kipa. 
<laughs> the Many Husbands of Ghana Volska. <laughs> that was an article in LuxCoLiving.com by Nancy Chuda. And then I got some information from Lotusland.org. Nice. And also, like I said, I'm going to read... I'm going to read her, her book, and I'm super excited about it. Her own accounts of her, her life. Her own accounts. Yes. Her sitting down in her fancy-ass New York City apartment going, you will never believe this shit. <laughs> now, let me describe my French chateau. Exactly. <laughs> <sighs> we did it. We did. Oh, wonderful to be back. Oh. Uh, it feels so good. It's so it's it's a little sticky. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I started personally started sweating, <laughs> but now I'm back at room ten. Oh, good because I was I was okay, and now I'm everything is just a little damp. Mm-hmm. But we did it. Oh, like I said, profesh. That's us. <laughs> Count how many times I said that in the episode. <laughs> I need feedback. <laughs> Okay. How do we wrap this up? Send us an email at that broad scout moxie. Follow us on Instagram at that broad scout moxie. Follow us on Twitter at broad scout moxie. <laughs> know that. The yeah. Gmail. What did I say? Just at that broad scout moxie. <laughs> we, just to clarify, let's do, let's we do not have a dot com. <laughs> Facebook so. and Instagram mm-hmm. is at that broad scout moxie. Mm-hmm. Twitter is. At Broad Scott Moxie. Mm-hmm. And you can email us at thatbroadscottmoxie at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. And wherever you are listening, if you're able to, please rate, review, uh-huh. and subscribe. And subscribe, <laughs> yes. Give us those five stars. Tell us how happy and how excited you are that we, were, <laughs> that we are back. Go listen to all the episodes that we have already done because, mm-hmm. well, you know what? They're great, but we're coming back bigger and better. And more moxie than we were. Mm-hmm. We're making average our enemy. <laughs> yes, we are. Yeah. Okay. All right. We'll have a lovely evening. Yes. <laughs> or morning or yeah. day. Also, be careful because the 4th of July is coming up this weekend and we want you all to keep all your fingers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and, and stuff. And if you still haven't, get vaccinated. Yeah. Yes. Please we, do. We know the woman who worked hard on it. Yeah, we do. And you got to. Mm-hmm. And if you don't have your other vaccines, get those as well. Get those. <laughs> Just really vax up. Yeah. It's important. <laughs> really be safe. <laughs> okay, thanks. Bye. Okay, bye. Music by Sage Krenning. Cover art by Vinny Navarrete. Produced and edited by Danielle Barsanti. Side effects of listening to this podcast may include excessive moxie, zero tolerance for the patriarchy, sass mouth, excessive sweating, tipsy tittering, desire to stick it to the metaphorical man, fear of cats, empowering women, clammy hands and feet, the inability to do math, lack of patience for the bullshit, thirst for knowledge, questioning the system, cravings for bougie chicken, vodka, and justice, and in some cases can cause death on hills.